0: Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Exodus 24. So Moses has finished receiving the first part of the law of God, the Ten Commandments, and so much more as we've been reading over the last four chapters. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy of the elders of Israel, And you shall worship at a distance. And God is now going to build up the reverence and awe of a greater group of leaders. Moses alone, however, shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come near for the people, nor shall the people come up with him. So there's going to be a distance. You know, Moses is going to get to come real near, Uh, the elders are going to get to come nearer than the rest of the people, but not as near as Moses and the people are going to be back in the camp. Then Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances that we just read from 20 to 23. And listen, this is very important. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Then he arose early in the morning And he built an altar at the foot of the mountain with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the sons of Israel, and they had offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and the other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant, and he read it in the hearing of all the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with these words. This is the ushering in of the Mosaic covenant. And, you know, in our day, let's say you close on a house. Well, then you, you know, sign a bunch of papers and, you know, a deed is made and it gets recorded And it gets recorded in a courthouse and now, you know, it gets digitized uh, and, you know, you can pull up those documents and there's like a record of the contract that was made in order to make that your house. Well, back in that day, you know, they didn't have the kind of preservation and obviously technology and things like that, uh, places to store all these documents like we do. So they did it ceremoniously. And when you made a covenant, that would happen like this, a massive covenant that would be enforced for, you know, like 1500 years. Uh, it was a big deal and they did it through ceremony and they did it through a blood sacrifice. That's just how God prescribed it. That's what they did in that day. You'd make an offering and that blood sacrifice, that whole ceremony would be a remember of the commitment that now God made with you and you made with God. And, and this is the covenant that Israel broke. This is the covenant that uh, they agreed to, but ultimately made mankind subject to the, their sinfulness, their waywardness, because they never lived up to the covenant, even though that they agreed to it. And then ultimately, hallelujah, praise the Lord, God through Jesus made a new covenant and he offered his son as a blood sacrifice, as a lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when Jesus died, he ushered in the new covenant that was promised through Jeremiah. Now, we've gone through this, I think, more than one occasion in our journey through so far through Genesis, Genesis, Exodus. And we've also been through Matthew at this point, if you're following our Bible reading plan. But God made a new covenant through Jesus, and he forgave our sin and our misgiving, so to speak, that we failed to live up to in the covenant that God's people agreed to with him here. And through the grace that's given to us through the cross of Jesus Christ and Jesus' blood sacrifice, we've been forgiven, and a new covenant has been ushered into where He will forgive our iniquity and remember our sins no more. Hallelujah. It's through faith in Jesus that we receive the forgiveness of sins. So, this is the time when this covenant was ratified. And look what happens next. Um, I think, you know, if I look at a theme of what today is about, Not only the ushering of this covenant, but how does man maintain his devotion, awe, and faithfulness to God? And it's proven to be a very difficult thing for man to do. Man has really struggled. And even when we make a decision, say now in the New Testament, to trust in Christ, how do we maintain that decision and be faithful to live to for Jesus under the new covenant of grace that he's given us Uh, it's an important question because mankind has shown that they really struggle in you know here we have this amazing covenant ratified and you know in my bible it's got like an exclamation point we will do everything we will be obedient exclamation point right but man even in this very chapter, you know, we're going to set the stage for their unfaithfulness to it almost instantly. And uh, let's keep going. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70, that's verse nine—seventy of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel under his feet. And under his feet, there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire as clear as the sky itself. Now, when they saw God, we could that could be heavily debated. What they actually saw? Did they see God's face? Because later on in Exodus thirty-two, it says no one shall see the face of God. But then at times it appears Moses might have gotten a, a glimpse. But so we don't really know. I, I don't really think they they chummed face to face with God. I think He just allowed them to see a form of His presence. Uh, and it was magnificent. And uh, what it was meant to do is provide these leaders with awe and reverence for God. And, you know, to come back and, and be even more convinced to continue to follow this covenant that God made with them. Uh, verse 11, yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel. And they saw God and they ate and drank. So it says they saw God, but it doesn't see they saw the face of God. But they actually had fellowship with God upon this mountain. Now, the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and remain and remain there, and I will give you the stone tablets. This is the first time we hear that God's going to give them stone tablets with the law written upon it, so they'll have it in stone. With the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua his servant and Moses went up to the mountain of God, but to the elders he said, "Wait here for us until we return to you." And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you now. I spent a little time investigating her this morning. Isn't it interesting? H. U. R. He was one of the guys that was holding up Moses's hands uh, when there was that battle, and and Moses was holding holding up his hands in order to help the people win in battle, and Hur was there holding that up. Uh, he is, uh, he also, his, um, family ends up being one who was a leader in creating the tabernacle, which we're about to hear about. And he was gifted by God, his grandson in, or his relative in, in helping to build the, the, the tabernacle. And he has a relation to Caleb. So, um, interesting how, Sometimes, you know, there was in the family line of people, a lot of special things that happened in a relationship with God. Aaron and Hur are with you. So, so Moses is going to go up on this mountain and he says, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a legal matter, let him approach them. See, so Moses is going to leave. And as we'll see here in a second, he's going to leave for 40 days. And Aaron and Hur are going to be in charge of the people back in the camp. So then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. Now, this is that it, it it has been called, even though it's not called in the Bible this way, the Jews called it the Shekinah glory of God, a special glory of God. And and that would be shown through this cloud, but also through smoke and fire. And it was like the presence of God dwelling in a way that they could see the presence of God. And I believe it was meant to give. Israel, awe and reverence about the glory of God and his presence. So listen to this. The glory of the Lord, verse 16, rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses. Moses was a patient man. Called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, now back in camp, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. This cloud and this, this vision of this consuming fire. I mean, all of this is just filled with awe and reverence and glory. And like, look what God can do. Uh, and Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain. And Moses is on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now, isn't this interesting? We have in this this chapter, the glory of the Lord revealed, the law of the Lord revealed, the agreement of the people, the ratification of the old covenant through blood, the people are seeing the cloud of God and is consuming fire. And, you know, I did some some looking into that. There's a song I love called it's Consuming Fire. And, you know, when Moses saw the fire in the burning bush, it didn't consume the bush. And that was one of the amazing aspects of that particular fire in that bush is, you know, a fire consumes things. I mean, it destroys things. It makes it, you know, turn to ash. And that bush didn't do that. But now, instead of talking about a fire that doesn't consume, it burns but doesn't consume what it's burning, this is called a consuming fire. Like something that is something to be in awe of because it can destroy. and. This concept is is talked about in Deuteronomy, and it's brought all the way into the New Testament that God is a consuming fire. and And frankly, as I research it and think about it, you know what? God, he could literally just destroy us. He, his power is so is so great, and he wants Israel to have a, a reverence and awe, a fear of him, because his power. I mean. They've never seen anything like this. The power of God and the plagues and the Passover and now the cloud up on the mountain and God's like a consuming fire. Oh, that the people of Israel would see and obey and see the power of God and want to continue to follow him. And what I want to say to you is as we go through Exodus here and Moses is going to get some further instruction and he's going to be gone for 40 days. And for those of you who don't know, some wicked things happened back in the camp. I mean in this 40 day period we see we see sadly uh the people of God turn away from true worship of him and looking for something else to worship even right away in the first you know month 40 days of this covenant being in force we already see the people breaking the covenant and sadly I think that's the waywardness of mankind and one of the things that is so important to us now in following Jesus today is that we maintain our awe. That we maintain our reverence for God, our our fear of God, our love of God, so that we would not be wayward. And that when we would get wayward, that we would repent. And one of the things that I want to encourage you is, I'm telling you, being in the Word of God daily is what helps us to maintain that relationship with God, that awe of God that prevents us from turning to sin and helps us to walk with him. And I just, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for God's call on us to take in his word and maintain our relationship with God because it's of critical importance. Because otherwise, I think we are like these people. We can easily turn away. We can easily be wayward. We can easily uh, just fall back into bad habits and patterns. But as we spend time with God daily, it strengthens our resolve to follow him. Let's remember our God is a consuming fire. He is worthy of our awe and devotion. And may we continue this journey together in God's word all the way until when Jesus comes and gets us or when we go home to be with him. God bless you all.